This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there, grunting. Yeah. And then I'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Uh, once we had this figured out, we decided to change stuff up and it took us like an hour to get this thing started. But here we go. Um, coming at you uh, over the airwaves and over the YouTube screen where you should be able to bounce back and forth between me and homie talking. Um, we're going to try this out. You catch that at last breath. But we're going to get into the show here. Uh, start off with the people that make it possible. Um, what do you want to start with? Oh, I'll do the... Let's start with the new guy. Let's start with the new guy. So uh, we got a new company that wants us to run some ads. And uh, I actually took notes over here for a change because uh, I can't come off the screen, you know? I'm <laughs> <You're> stuck. <right. laughs> but uh, it's called Underwarmer. And uh, basically what it is, is it's a compression-fitted body warmer. Um, there's eight large air-activated heat packs built into this it's like a vest basically with hot hands already built in um and it's good for 12 hours uh so basically in a nutshell what it is is it's a compression shirt that has hot hands in it 
So it fits really tight. It has them in key spots up on the chest, lower back. Basically keeps you, your core warm. And uh, you know me, I'm, I'm always like, take one of those hot hands and stick it, you know, right here on your chest or your lower spine. And that's basically what this is. Um, it is a one-time use product, but you just like a hot hand, you can put it in a bag. So you hunt four hours, put it in a bag. You're st- you still got that eight hours of use as long as it's not activated to air. And it will fold up and fit in a gallon Ziploc bag. So uh, we got to try these. I'm excited to use them more. Um, Grant used it during his coyote hunt when it was zero out. So this is this is for like extreme cold. You know, you want to ride your motorcycle and it's 20 out. You know, or you want to you want to go skiing or something like that. You can find these guys at underwarmer.com. Um, we're actually gonna be able to get more from Last Breath to try out. So it's gonna be pretty cool. A uh, new product out there. So if you guys want to check them out, that's underwarmer.com. All right, what you got? Uh, speaking of Last Breath, I want to highlight their new video that they put out this week as they're live. Um, they went coyote hunting and were successful. And this video is kind of a different um, feel to it. They are trying to explain their setups to be successful while coyote hunting, um, which ways the wind's blowing, um, which way they're expecting dogs to come from. And uh, I think they have three different successful hunts on there in that short video. So um, a little different flip on that, trying to educate on how they are setting up to uh, kill coyotes, which we are um, currently trying to do right now. So you can check that out on the Last Breath YouTube channel. All right. I got Exodus trail cam tip of the week. Um, a lot of people are, are taking their trail cameras down right now. Um, we have quite a few down, but we also have some still up trying to catch when those sheds are dropping. Um, it's a great tool to utilize if you got an area where, you know, I normally find my sheds in the same area most of the time. Um, so you run a trail cam in those areas and you start seeing, you know, 30% of your bucks have dropped, 50% of your bucks have dropped. You don't want to go in there too early and bump these deer out. People get excited. There's nothing to do besides ice fish, coyote hunt, and shed hunt. So people get jacked up, want to get out there. Um, utilizing a trail cam that you know is going to work in cold weather um, is key for finding sheds and not bumping these bucks out before they actually drop. Because I've, I've been guilty of going in there way too early, not finding anything. And then literally a week later, you go in there and there's sheds everywhere. It's like a light switch. And you're like, I guarantee you these weren't here. But who tell you know, who knows what I bumped out of there that might have you know got jumped out of a bed and lost it in a ditch somewhere and I never find it. But these, if you leave them alone, it seems like they drop them in more open, easier to find areas too. So yeah, I think, that's your Exodus trail cam tip of the week. I was I think a lot of guys take their cams down. You know, middle of December or so it starts getting really cold. Uh, you need to get a new run of batteries in there. But um, with the five year no BS warranty that Exodus offers, you're kind of dumb for not leaving it out because you have nothing to lose really you know that camera can get replaced if something happens to it so um go ahead and let that baby eat here in the late winter yep all right is that it that is it all right guys we're gonna come out we had we did a listener submitted question we just did it like a couple hours ago you guys rocked it we got a bunch to go through there then we also want to go over our goals we had some people asking what you know what our plans for 2021 was that's the time of year right now is kind of thinking about what you're going to do for next year, thinking about sheds, thinking about turkeys already, um, you know, and, and trying to make a plan to make this year better than last year. So uh, last year we were successful. We did kill on public. We had a lot of shit thrown at us, um, but I feel like we got our butt kicked a lot. And I feel like we were just stretched too thin over too much area. And uh, this year, we're going to change that up. Um, do you want to go over the questions first or the goals? Um, <laughs> we could do the, the questions. I haven't, I haven't seen them. I don't know why I couldn't see any of them. But. Okay. All right. So the questions. The Slick 7, top three features where you find sheds. Top three areas where you find sheds. So you want, you want, you want to take this one? You want me to take it? Oh, uh, we can we can kind of double team it if you want. Okay, yeah. Give me give me two. Uh, inside corner of a of the timber. Um, you got you know kind of that L shape. Usually a lot of bedding in there and multiple ways to come out to a uh, ag field there. 
find a lot of them right there. Usually um, 50 yards in or so, or if not right there on the edge, um, I found quite a few um, actually out in the field, obviously right there. But um, that inside corner, I really love that for shed season and late season hunting too. All right, what's, what's your next one? Oh, I do do three. <laughs> Oh, I, no, you did two, right? Did, or did you do two? No, I, I just did the inside corner there. Um, the, the next one I'm going to do is just a waterway, low spot of a field. And, um, I think that's pretty, you know, pretty popular option there. And, um, and I don't, I don't know. A third one. All right. I got a uh, third one is CRP grass. Um, I think, I think that outside of the timber, there's more sun. Uh, I think that the, Grass still gives them some cover, but I think that when they're treading through that deep snow, they seek out that grass as kind of cover, but the some most of the snow's melted off, so it's easier to get into. I find probably 75% of my sh- sheds in CRP grass, which it, it doesn't I say CRP grass because some of it is CRP and some of it's just stuff that isn't mowed along the edge of fields and shit. Um if they're easier to see there. Um, and then another place I find them is a lot of people walk the edge of the field. I like to go to the low spot of the field, whether there's a waterway there or not. Always seems like, like homie said, an inside corner or a low spot is where they're going to drop the sheds. If it is a cornfield, I do grid that. Cornfields are my favorite. They're harder to find, but I find more in cornfields. And then another tip that I would tell you is – when you're driving around, if you're not driving, or you're riding, make sure to be looking because I found multiple off the road. Um, and the property that I can go on, I'll do circles in the wintertime checking. And I found like seven or eight off the road on those properties out in fields and stuff. I always carry my spotting scope. I've had a lot of 300 yard walks to stick sheds, but that's key, man. You just driving around, be looking out in those fields. So. I'll say you're good for like one or two road sheds a year. Yeah, one or two road sheds a year. I'm pretty solid <laughs> <Yeah>. for. <laughs> All right. Uh, white cat outdoors. Um, in the heat of the season, what keeps you on track to keep you filming your hunts? Go ahead, homie, rip it. Um it that's a good question. It's tough when you especially when you're early in the game of filming and you know, you don't really have um kind of an idea of what you want to do with that. You're just kind of maybe out there filming, getting started. Um, but when you get a, we'll say a video compiled, put together or, um, something that happened to me when I was, it was actually my very first year hunting and it was probably two weeks before I stopped filming that year. I had a buck come out into a standing bean field. And of course, obviously they were, they were brown beans and I misidentified that buck in the moment, you know, trying to film, trying to call to him, trying to get him come closer, get binoculars on him. I mean, you're doing 90 things when you're self-filming. And then I got to watch that film back after that hunt in the truck and just even on, you know, the, the viewing screen on the camera. And I was like, oh shit, I know that buck. But in the moment I did, I had no idea because it was, you know, 250 yards away. But being able to go back and watch that, I was like, damn, like, that's pretty handy now. Now I can put some history or, you know, I know where that buck was at, even though he wasn't on cam. I know on November 10th at 1030, he was out in the middle of this beans, 80 yards from the neighbor's property, went into the neighbor's property there, you know. So um, probably just up cruising for a doe at that time. And being able to have something like that that can really provide information or intel like that is a very good reason to to be filming and i mean just the memories are like you guys know cody and i we're always jacking around trying to have fun making each other laugh calling each other out on dumb shit and if you get to film some of that like there is some hilarious raw audio and you know as i edit a a piece or something and going through to find out which clip i want to use um just listening to the raw audio of what Cody and I are saying in the moment or, um, getting to hear what we're talking about while Magnum's coming in or whatever. Um, it, it kind of makes you want to be, it, miss, it makes you miss the tree even more because you're like, man, yeah, that's another funny thing that we did together. So, um, those are a few things that, you know, kind of keep me motivated at least. 
Yeah, I would say when you get when you get some success, um, and you get a film, or you get your target buck on film, or you get a kill on film, it makes it worth you know a lot a lot more worth it. So I don't know where these guys are at. I have listened to their podcast. I'm not sure where they're at on the filming side though, but once they get some successful hunts, it makes it way easier because you get to see that you get to live it. You're like, okay, this is what I'm doing this for. When you're just going out there and not seeing deer and filming, it's 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 shit. Straight shit. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you can only film a, a leaf blowing, you know, so many times, pulling your bow yeah. up, doing you, you know, doing all that shit. But like, one thing that we've learned is you have to go into every hunt like you're going to kill because if you don't get all that shit leading up to the kill, then when you go to put it together, you're like, oh, damn, the first clip I have is this deer coming in, and I have nothing before yeah. that of the day. The lighting's going to be different. You know, it might be snowy in November. It might have a dusting in October when you normally don't, and you can't go back and recreate. If you wanted to do that, you can't go back and recreate that because in October, that shit's going to be gone in two days when it's 50 the next yeah. day. So um, you just have to go into every hunt like you're going to kill and film that shit every time if if you're into that you know whatever you want to you're going to get out whatever you put into it so just yeah. just stay on top of it i know it gets old but just like we've said on here before cody and i stopped filming shortly after the rut our very first year of hunting with self-filming because it's, it's a lot to take on the first time but um the next year we're like we're gonna stick with it we got some better gear and it made it a lot easier on us. And, you know, then we we're able to get some good film, get a couple of videos put together. And then, you know, now we're off and running. So. All right. Whitetail underscore landscapes. Um, how are we going to improve vegetation on our property this year? So I took that as food plots or, you know, planting grass or something. So on our main piece of private, the small one, um, this year, we're going to do the same thing, plant the food plot. We are going to till up a little bit more and let some uh, some warm season grasses grow. And basically, we're planting for the pheasants on that piece. We did do a big burn on that piece a couple of years ago. I don't think we're going to do any of that this year. But uh, hopefully, getting a new piece, we might be able to do something on there. Not sure what we got going there. But definitely going to be planting that food plot. We haven't been – well, you killed your buck off of it. Mm -hmm. But we really haven't seen a lot of success on that area. But that's the area you want the food plot in, and that's the reason we can hunt there. So we're going to keep doing that. One thing I want to ask you is, well, when I was hunting out there late season, do you? Th so the deer kind of just vacate that property, that whole block, um, just kind of letting the listeners know. Do you think when all that foliage comes off and all the crops are out and everything, do you think the cars and the sound, the noise from that house? they, you know, radiate through the timber so much easier because we were hearing the chickens, we were hearing the kids playing, yeah. you know, and they're 400 yards away. And do you think that that kind of pushes the deer out more than anything else, really? Yeah, I think it's just they get back to more cover. There's just that grass is there, but there's not a lot of cover there. You think with those cedars and stuff, they would stay, but all that ag's gone and that place is never really a destination place. It's more of a fly through place. So they have a destination place that they like to stay. And they, I think they just go there. And in my mind, it's South, just like, you know, when uh, the bracket buck, you should show up on the lease to the South. Mm -hmm. He always came from the North. So that could be a buck that was living on that piece and coming, you know, just South of there, like a quarter mile is a giant block of timber. Huge you know, miles and miles and miles long. And we just got this little strip. So if I was a deer that had been hunted, pressurized from other properties and ours, and I would go where there's a bunch of ag, where there's cover and we just don't have the cover and there's nothing you can change. You're just on the North end of that, but that house probably has some factor to it. And I do believe that that food plot, them being able to see from the road makes a huge factor. Cause it seems like when they pick that corn by the road, there's less deer in it than before when the corn is by the road. Yeah. So, and getting back to whitetail landscapes question is, um, we had talked about maybe, um, using strips of corn rows as a screen there, just a little something extra. Um, I still have a bag of sorghum that Logan gave us that we can probably plant where we did the Milo. Yeah. And, um, 
we we should ask about maybe trying to do a you know a quarter acre or a half acre down by the scrape tree doing kind yeah. of a late green um fall mix there and that that really is there's a tree which is a community scrape tree there's three or four scrapes all the way around it every year and um, this year we had a mobile backup off of it a lot more intel off of it instead of actually being on the tree and um there's crp there and it's i think that that spot's going to hold a lot of moisture so i think we should get a good late season if there is yeah. even you know kind of a drought situation something to, if there's a food plot there maybe to draw them off the creek and get them into shooting range um and just it's a little the, bit more like grab a couple bites here before you go north yeah so I, I like that idea i think there's nothing planted down there in that bottom um and those uh those thorns and stuff are starting to take over that area some. So I think if we say, Hey, we're going to take out, you know, some of these thorns and get something planted down here, he'll be fine with it, but something we'll have to ask. So let's get on to Fred Zerfla. That's, that's, that's how I want to pronounce it. <laughs> um, dream hunt. If money wasn't an option. So go ahead and go first. Uh, bighorn sheep. And, you know, I actually might go to like, southwest for that instead of going up north um i might go southwest I, for some reason those those just with the background you know out there in the in the desert looks pretty cool right on uh mine would probably be caribou in alaska that giant herd that migrates down um with a rifle just set up make it like a three or four day hunt and just let me just watch them for a couple of days and camp out, you know, and then shoot one. It's, it's, there's just so many caribou. If you can get the tag, it's pretty, if you can make the shot happen within a couple hundred yards, you're, you're pretty solid. So could you imagine seeing all really, of them caribou? <laughs> yeah. Really high rate. I mean, you're going to see like a thousand caribou. A day. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, it's a, it's a high rate success, but it's more or less just being in Alaska like the you overall know, getting, experience getting there getting back and you know shooting something on like the third or fourth day and you might have passed something that was bigger or you know you might a big one might come on the third day you have no idea it could all be cows for a day you have no idea but just something to definitely an adventure hunt so i'm gonna skip exodus one because that's gonna be the longest one okay and then uh we'll go to triple threat uh retriever he wants a live push-up contest. <laughs> uh, right so on. I'm down I, for that. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we're gonna make that happen. I'd have to angle the camera down. And I did chest today, so I, I, I say today's chest today, so not today. Yeah. Hey, but I ripped chest. But, no, we'll, I already did we'll 125 push-ups. We'll 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 do it. We'll make this happen. We'll we'll get we'll get yeah. in the studio, just get ripped one night, and be like, oh hey, let's do this push-up challenge. It'll rip out about yeah. eight. <laughs> yeah. The guys forgot about the ass for three months ago, but yeah. Um, Kevin Berkeley, fifteen. He had two questions: rutcation plans. And are we going to take the kids out early season? So my rotation plan is I'm going to shoot for 10 days, probably seven or five in a weekend, and maybe try to cheat a couple float or, you know, AAs in there. Um, I am going to try to separate it on the weather a little bit. If it's shit weather, I'm not going to take it. Uh, I know we have to schedule that one week, but I am going to schedule – probably two days and then three days separate to get that week and then schedule it for three days for a family vacation plus a weekend and then two days a week or a Thursday, Friday in the rut and then plan my other four days, five days as, you know, whatever. Uh, that's my plan for the rutcation. And of course it revolve around what homie got going to try to game plan something so we can film each other but what do you got what's your idea? uh i think we'll do i think i'm gonna do that one week we can get out there on the public um it'll be i don't know if it'll be the week we took last year or the week we took two years ago but usually one of them weeks um gonna be there first two weeks in november and then i have that scheduled already i think 
I can't remember. They make you put it in before you even take the vacation of the previous year, you know? So yeah. um, I put that I in four months ago. Change form and change it every year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do have to burn a day of vacation. We are going to North Carolina to see my wife's sister. So, uh, won't be doing, won't, won't be doing two weeks this year straight. Um, but no. just like Cody said, uh, I'm going to try to maybe do something in October, late October, like I did, um, th- three years ago. I did that for two years in a row, um, was successful one of those years. And, um, I really like that time right as the, right as the scrapes are, you know, starting to get hot and heavy. Um, I really like hunting in that time frame. So I need to try to get two days off right before we can take a Thursday, Friday or on a Monday, Tuesday and, uh, make a four day, a four day deal out of it. And then you, then you're not going so hard taxing on yourself, getting wore down before, you know, it's really prime time. Um, as far as getting the kids out, um, my wife's going to get into hunting this year, so I'm going to probably burn some time with her, getting her out there, getting her comfortable, making sure she knows, knows, you know, everything situational wise. And, um, so I'm not sure about the kids, but two years ago, I took, I took a kid out on December 5th and, uh, we, we were successful. So, um, if we can catch like a 50, 55 degree day, like we did there a couple years ago, um, we all can get out on a late season hunt and, um, I'm going to, we're going to have a blind for her. I don't know how much she's going to use it late season, but at least we'll have that option. And then, then it's easier to get a kid out there. You don't have to, you know, he can go out there when it's 30, fire up the heater. And I mean, you know about that, but, um, yeah. that'd be the plan. So. Yeah. I'm hoping to get Rainer out for turkey hunting again, at least one morning. Uh, and then, early season deer hunting we're always out of a stands it seems like and we're always doing something dumb deep so yeah we normally don't take them really we normally save that for the gun season and you know later in the year when we're kind of chill back in the blind i guess it would kind of also depend on what we're seeing what we're feeling as season rolls in too because this year i mean we thought we were we thought we were in the money and um obviously then when you're going in after a big bucket not most of the time going to take a five, four or five, six year old in there with you. But, um, that would be cool though. That would definitely be cool. Smack a giant with kid there on like October yeah. 3rd. Yeah. Ridiculous. All right. Um, the real tree kid 12 at on the last episode. Um, anything new, we are going to try a new state, new, new gear, anything you got lined up, um, to, you got going anything new honestly i might hunt with a crossbow a couple times this year um obviously i have one for the wife and um i might just get it out there and take it out and see what it can do um not gonna shoot like 80 yards or anything but you know be more comfortable shooting like 45 50 and um I might just try it out, you know, do something different. And uh, we've talked about going back on public, hunting off the ground, doing a spot and stock scenario. Uh, we have a piece that kind of resembles a what you would see in Kansas. And we have the the advantage if uh, we get an off wind or something that we've talked about doing it. We just haven't done it. And um, that would be one one thing that we could do differently next year for sure. Yeah, I'm, I might maybe a new state turkey hunting maybe don't know yet um new bow other than that that's about it (laughs) same me out there trying to kill shit that's it yeah yeah (laughs) uh, i would say we're gonna be hunting i mean hopefully new property we're gonna get into that kind of in the goals but hopefully some new property and uh that'd take up most of the time if we get that for sure so all right, we got Dan Donovan. Um, are we doing the no picnic again? <laughs> As of right now, probably not. <laughs> we will. So we will do – well, I don't know if you're going to take that full week or not. Like, I probably will. Um, so I guess it will kind of depend on what you decide with your vacation. But I think I'm going to go a week solid there. And um, You're going to record podcasts every day? I think that's the <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
that'd be kind of tough by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, I mean, uh... I mean if, you're take, if you're taking the full week, I, I'll probably be taking the full week too. Like I said, my shit normally revolves around what you got going on. So then you have to get out there together. And you have to take two days for family. So you have three days left. Yeah. I don't have to take the two days for family, but I'm going to. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can take AAs. It ain't a big deal. Oh, there, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, probably going to do that. And then, uh, I mean, they don't have the, not being at work or being at work on November 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, like, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. It's going to kill you. So, <laughs> so Charles Headland, he wants to know our plans for the rut. More than likely, we'll be back on Magnum trying to kill him and wasting our time. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of time in the tree. Um, and uh more aggressive every year more aggressive more aggressive more aggressive so and uh lastly before we go back to exodus is chasing public um he wants to know some realistic goals for a blue collar hunter to set and why it's important to make realistic goals so for a blue collar hunter i'd say first off you got to figure out how many days you're going to be able to hunt and uh if you can't hunt a lot of days, it's really hard to get it done. You know, that's time and stands what kills these deer. Um, take the time you can, you know, make it your best priority sets, your best stands, your best time of the year, best conditions. And uh, it's important to set those goals because a lot of the people follow on Instagram, they hunt a lot more than other people. I feel like we hunt a lot more than a lot of guys do. So for someone to try to set goals like us, even with us having kids and wives and jobs, we still hunt our asses off and make time for it. But other people might work nights or might, you know, have some stuff going on where they can't, they can't make it out. So, um, and then a lot of guys, they hunt, you know, they take oct all October, November off. It's hard to compete with those guys. So try to set realistic goals so you don't get burnt out and don't, if you don't meet those goals, if you're kind, if you're like us and you're goal oriented, it, it'll crush you. You feel pretty bad about it. Um, what do you got to say, homie? So a goal is a benchmark or something to strive for to push yourself. And sometimes you what you think is obtainable isn't, especially when it comes to hunting. Like you're not in control of anything. But in sports and fitness, like you have some sort of impact that you can do. And, um, you know, it's, you want to set something and achieve it. That way you can look back and, you know, tr track your steps and be like, okay, what I did here put me in this position. And when I was in that position, it made my goal easier or more, or more attainable. So setting a, a reasonable goal, but also set something that makes you push yourself, makes you better yourself and continue to evolve as a hunter or uh, a dad or husband or whatever you want to do. So it, it, I think it's important. All right. And lastly, let's go back to Exodus. Um, they want to know what we're going to do to target Magnum in 2021. Uh, we shared a picture of Magnum. Just, uh, and we can make a whole podcast about this and I'm sure we will eventually. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, in a nutshell, last year we widened, we had too wide of an area. This year we've shrunken the area down to a quarter of the size, maybe an eighth of the size of what we're going to go after, what we're going to waste our time on. Um, we're going to we're going to try to make some make sure all of our sets are in that area, whether it's October or. If we got the right conditions, we're going to be in that area. We're going to scout that area very heavily coming soon um, after this cold weather breaks. Uh, we just put it, put a lot of uh, our eggs in the basket of one one key area and the entrance and exit routes that he's using in that area. Uh, change our trail camera go, uh, plan up to basically that area and the areas that we've seen him in the past and kind of 
leave one of the areas that we thought was going to be the money where we were going to kill them. So thing changes on, on every land, but it changes day to day on public. So if you have other guys move in, definitely got to make some plans to, to change it up for next year or so. <clears throat> and hopefully he's still alive, but he didn't, we didn't hear anything about him getting killed. So <laughs> we, I think we would have heard something as many people that I know around here, I would have seen a picture or something. So what you got, what do you, what are you thinking? Um, just like you said, get, get into where, you know, what we call the Magnum zone, get in the Magnum zone, uh, move around, hopefully, hopefully encounter him more than one time. I mean, We've been able to encounter him one time the last two years, um, each year, one time each year, and uh, just given us the slip. But one thing we did learn last year is see a big bug do something, go there and do that. You know, basically just kind of follow your gut. Like another deer's probably going to do that, especially when the biggest deer in the area is doing it, you know. Um, just just stay after it. Like, you know, I think we gave a pretty good effort last year on him. And it's preseason, during season, while we can hunt him. And uh, just like Cody said, the thing is, is finding out if he's still alive. We don't really get a see Magnum until at least no sooner than probably October 20th. So we have a short window there to get on him and then closes down. And then when it opens back up, you got roughly eight to 10 days to get in on him again. And then it's, I guarantee you if he's alive, our, our uh, vacation to change up real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he's going to be, he's going to be bigger than big. So we'll be like, ah, it's, we're going all in. <laughs> <laughs> I, was at, mobile pick. I thought after, uh, last year we said we weren't going to put all the eggs in one basket again. Yeah. <laughs> Your direct quote. Well, we'll put all the eggs in one basket. All the eggs in one basket right in there. There we that, go. On, at least on that property. That's, you know, that's yeah. key. Everything's going. I'm not doing the whole property again. No, yeah. It's a downsizing, downsizing the <clears throat> preseason, you know, the trail cams, getting them into where they need to be. Um, if you think about like the amount of ground we're going to cover compared to what we did, it's like a quarter or an eighth, you know what I mean? Of where we're going to shrink in and not, we know the bucks are back there. So if we can find them early, great. If not, we, we got to see if Magnum's alive and there's other bucks back there. Yeah. So. Not banking on past history, but utilizing that Intel for future, um, hunts. And I think probably adding a couple cell cams is something we'll do. We'll add a couple cell cams to our arsenal. So we'll have, you know, almost a handful there and, um, let us know. Hopefully we can get on him, you know, earlier. That's, that's a, that's a goal, you know, get on Magnum yeah. sooner, but if it's not possible, it's not possible. And we know where he's going to be late October. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps that up. Like I said, we could do a whole podcast about that stuff, but, um, Talk about our 2021 goals or plans, what we got going on. Um, a lot of people were interested in this, had some questions about it that I basically figured we'd all cover now. But um, my 2021 goal is my main goal is just uh, I'm going to try to get a new piece of private. That's a I've been trying here recently, but that's the main goal is just try to get a new lease where we don't have i mean hunting public's awesome but you're competing against these wild animals that are hard enough to, to kill but you're not you're not only doing that but you're competing against all these other people that you can have a foolproof plan and a guy can shoot a deer in the shoulder and have to track it all through the stuff you're hunting and ruin your whole entire plan and the guy the guy has to do it you know he can't not go look for the deer it's not his you know shit happens but that ain't gonna happen if you got your own piece so we're gonna leave we're not gonna leave the public just because the giant's out there but we're definitely gonna try to have a new piece of ground 
and hopefully not lose it October 12th or whatever, some bullshit about <laughs> the time we get stuff lined up. Um, probably, you know, pay some money, get something good, hopefully something that we can hold for a few years and learn and just to have another spot to go when you ain't got the right wind or you want to, you don't want to pack a stand in, you want to easy hunt, having some preset stands. The power of a preset stand is something that is insane when you do 30 plus hunts, pack in, take them out. Uh, it's just not only, not only the convenience of it, but it's like the willpower to go be like, Oh yeah, I can go back there. I've got to, it's not, I got to go back there and I got to hang a stand and I got to get it out. It's, Oh, I'm going to go back there and climb in a stand. So, uh, definitely helps out. So get that new ground, get it set up, scout it, hang some stands just off of what we think's good, you know, off of scouting and then start the trail cam game start hunting the observation sets and go from there. So that's main thing for me. Um, and second, I mean, for both of us, of course, is Magnum PI trying to get on that deer. One of us kill him, hopefully homie. He's had the two encounters with him. He's, he needs to, he needs to finish it out. The deer could very well be above 200 inches. So, um, definitely, going to be exciting to see what happens and uh you lose yourself in these deer thinking about them dreaming about them and it's really nice when you can just seal the deal and get it over with pretty much you know <laughs> yeah. yeah somebody kill and this deer that's what that's what needs to happen we need to kill them or someone else needs to kill them just so he can get over that and get on to the next one that might be a little easier to kill so um, but this deer has definitely taught us a lot, humbled us a bunch, showed us that what we thought was supposed to happen doesn't happen. You know, deer can do whatever the hell they want, no pattern, whatever, but hopefully go on a turkey trip. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, that's another one goal of mine. And then, uh, another goal is, uh, to really break down our trail cam plan again, go through all the Intel, fine tune it. I really like running trail cams. Um, I think if we run more in a closer area, it's going to be easier on us and more fun. And I still think we're going to get the same amount of intel picture-wise. Um, in the in the Magnum zone, I you know it depends on how big the new piece is, but I think we should run 15, 20 cams in the Magnum zone if we're going to you know plan on being in there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, save you know the other 10 or 15 for the private if we get a piece and the small piece that we already have now but run 15 cams in there and get a good idea what the hell we got going we, we should know and then you know it'd be be pretty all life altering or season altering if you pull that you know you pull it that cam right before season and you got him hard horn and he's back there and you're in his zone then you can really start tweaking and make it, making moves. So that's what I hope happens is he's there early October. And, uh, we know he's transitioning to food a long ways in October. So we're going to be able to get on him. He's going to be moving before daylight to make it that far back there where he's comfortable. So that's something I'm looking forward to. It's uh, just getting back out there and running trail cams and, and seeing if stuff out there. So what else, what you got for your goals, plans? Uh, as I had kind of mentioned before is, uh, have my wife be successful on a deer, um, whether I'm there or not, but I just want her to, um, have that full experience, you know, cause I mean, she's seen like the back half and she's going to get in on some of the front half in the summer, getting stuff set up and stuff. But, uh, to actually get your ass out of bed, go up, you know, where are you going to hunt? You know, why are you hunting there? And uh, be successful on a deer, no matter what it is. I told her, I said, if you pass a deer that's in range for your first year, I said, I said, you're messing up. Like if it's brown, it's down. I don't care what it is, you know, just actually just go out there and let it rip. And, you know, it is what it is. You need the experience. You want to get out here. You want to be successful. And 
you you get to learn so much after the shot as as you do you know before but um you don't get them after the shot um learning experiences until you take the shot and hit a deer or miss a deer or you know whatever plays out but um just getting her out there being successful and you know we're gonna have a handful of hunts together on you know a couple on an afternoon that you can't go or something and um i would like to notch another turkey on my venture for a grand slam whether that be a miriam or a eastern i've killed easterns just not within the succession here of, of what i'm doing um that that's going to be one of mine and then um as cody said magnums right there at the forefront of my brain and um you know the, the new piece is something that i i've really enjoyed here just like trying to figure out this public land piece is getting out there and um seeing new ground getting to learn it how the deer are using it reading it where you're gonna put a stand at hang your cams um really falling in love with with the new stuff and not just the old redundant well we're putting a cam here because you know we get a lot of pictures here and uh being able to go out there and actually have a tactful wide open eye view of of what we're doing and um no prehistory clog in your brain of you know we're just going to do this because this is what we've always done so um looking forward to that hopefully we can lock one down and um hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good one so you might even buy a piece so you yeah, never you never know where you got going i, I bought on the edge a couple times but yeah i want to get i'm gonna get this house edition done first I'm going to pay cash for that sucker. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, then it's wide open. Then it's wide open. And it's wide open. Then I'll be able to, I still want to buy something too small that I'm not happy with. And then I want to buy something that's decently sized to where I can move on some stuff. I don't want to, I want to be like around the 30, 40 acre instead of like the 15, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, just, just, uh, I don't want to, and I want it to be the right piece too. There's a couple that have come up that have been 20 acres. And I'm like, man, that's in a good area. But I keep telling myself two more years, you could have another giant chunk for a down payment saved. So yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. Um, also, but, also a goal of mine for the last year, uh, was to hunt more in late season, um, and I, I, I did that more than normal. Um, wasn't quite as much with, um, what I wanted it to be, but it, it was getting there and, um, wasn't, I wasn't down about my effort. I, I feel like I put in a good effort, just wasn't up to what I wanted to do, but also with COVID and everything being closed down, didn't have Christmas parties to go to. Who knows what December is going to look like this year? Um, the Christmas parties and all that shit around, you know, that three weeks, like three weeks, you're, you're, the weekends are gone. So um, did get out for a couple weekday hunts there late season, and that's another goal of mine um, is just continuing the effort the whole season. So yeah, um, it's hard when, when you don't have deer, you know, there's – they're, they're, if they're not there, they're not there at, at that time of the year. So, um, that's, that's about it here is just like a big overview. I mean, we can get into more tactful stuff or, you know, more minute yeah. stuff right before okay. season, like we normally do. Yeah. I'm also going to go back to my urban, uh, piece too. I'm not going to not get it. So I will be back on the urban piece banging around. My plan there is I don't think I'm going to run any cams on that going to go in there hunt that doe bedding i know where it's at if i do go in there in the rut and hunt i am going to go in there and slaughter does early get a couple does down just forget about it and then uh there's bucks in there oh so yeah i have a good idea where late season to go um i might you know once we can't hunt the one public might pull off and put something out there but I'm just going to try to go no pressure. And if I'm going in there, I'm going in there to hunt. And that'll be more than likely hanging hunts only and uh, trying to learn more about that piece. I did find a couple buck bedding areas that I might try to hit. And, uh, but be exciting to dive back into that. 
this year I kind of missed that. I skipped it because we had that giant lease. And I was thinking, man, you can't have too many places to go. But then you lose it and you're like, shit, you know? Yeah. If I would have had that, I'd had somewhere to go late season compared to going out to where I was and seeing no deer and seeing a lot of guys and that damn hill packing a standout is ah, it will smoke you (laughs) no matter i don't think how good a shape you're in it will it will smoke you yeah so i did that like six seven times down to the bottom and up and it just i'm always thinking the whole time i could literally be 400 yards from my truck right now and i wouldn't see a soul and i would see 30 deer on the urban piece yeah so so I'm definitely not going to let that slip through my fingers. So I'll be back on the urban public, hopefully get new ground. We'll be back on Magnum. We're going to re uh, recalibrate our trail camera plan, probably make a podcast about how we did it last year and what we're changing, what we learned from running that many cams. Um, but uh, we got a lot of awesome content coming up this year. We're scheduling stuff already to be released for during season trying to get some really good guys on for you guys to listen. Um, we'll be coming at you video mode on YouTube at Last Breath. You guys can listen to us there. Uh, we're going to be doing some Last Breath uh, lives, so basically do some mid-season updates there so you guys can see what we're doing. A um, lot, of, lot of cool stuff happening this year, and uh, excited to bring another year of content to you guys and do the best we can to keep growing, growing this Huge shout out to you guys. You guys have been crushing the play button even here in the off season. We appreciate you hanging on with us through COVID and working so much and everything. But we're gonna be coming at you with some quality content, having guys on, um, and just you know doing what we do: talk about deer hunting and how we kill these giant bucks. So, you got anything else? I think that's it, man. I don't. I don't really have anything to add there. You pretty much hammered it all out. I just wanted to transition back to your face one time so they can see the beauty. <laughs> I'm sitting <laughs> on my basement floor, bro. Look like now they're like, man, these guys are some nobodies. Look at these dudes. Oh. But uh, just like always, you know, try to do the right thing, leave a legacy, and uh, why till legacy's out until next time.